Hi friends, it's me, Jess Bost, here with another episode of The Breakthrough Factor. Today's guest is Ryan. And like, I, so Ryan Kruger is someone that I have known only through email and Twitter. And we've had a few conversations on the phone, but this is really this conference that we are at now. We are at the ETF exchange conference. This is the first time we are meeting in person. Hey, you're a big reason why I'm here. I wanted to see if this is as big a force of nature as she appears and sounds to be. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is. (laughs) So Ryan Kruger, I am so excited to meet you here and also have you on the podcast and tell us a little bit about you and tell me how you not just physically got here to ETF exchange today, but tell me how you got into finance. Well, a long, wonderful uh, story of I was one of those weird kids who never wanted to do anything else. I try to tell mine to try a whole bunch of different things because you don't know what you're going to love unless you try a lot of likes. You knew you were going to be in finance? I was trading stocks between classes in college, sometimes in two classes to miss classes. And I I just fell in love with this at an early age, um, wanting to figure out how all this works. It's amazing. I love it. And started, uh, I know this show is about breakthroughs. So I had a great opportunity since I was broken down real early with my first answer to, could I get an interview at this biggest and best Wall Street firm? And the answer was no, 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 and no. They don't hire anybody that young. They're not interested. Um, So good barroom trivia for me, as I sit here with you today, I have never had a resume in my life because they declined an interview request. So I never even got to that stage. I wrote a letter and begged for a conversation since an interview wasn't on the table. And I agreed to start in the mailroom for $23,000 a year. No. And I spent the next decade plus at the biggest bank brokerage firm on Wall Street, worked my Working way in up the mill room? to see Well, not all that time. Not the whole time. That's I worked started. my way up to senior portfolio manager by the time I left, believe it or not. So it worked out and I never wanted a resume because I never wanted another job mm-hmm. and broke away to apply everything I'd learned. Mm-hmm. And most of it, frankly, was what I'd learned doesn't work for investors. I mean, their playbook is thick for a lot of reasons. And I think confusion is a big business for them. So I, it was a process of whittling down to the only couple pages that I knew worked for investors Mm. to be able to launch my own firm and serve them, which was an 06. And I'm sitting here with you today because we then were able to take the best page of that playbook and launch and build an ETF around it as well to share with more people. Yes. And so building ETFs is one of the things that my company does. It is not something that I understand very well, but, um, but Pat Cleary does. Brian um, works a little bit on that side. Also, Wes and Jack, tell us a little bit about the experience of building an ETF out of you know, really just your concept for a great way to invest. Well, this is where I'm going to give your team all the credit in the world. I, I knew the recipe. I knew how we built a selection process that's worked over a couple of decades 
applying that inside of an actively managed ETF, while very rare in this world, I think 4% of ETFs are actively managed. That part was easy for me. All the plumbing mm -hmm. was the not new world. Um, <laughs> those guys and gals, and I, I'm, I'm a slow mover. I, I trust, but verify. It took me two years you sound like purse. before I like, <laughs> I, I wanted to walk down the aisle and pledge my allegiance to alpha. And one of the few things in this industry that I've, I've never had to look back on and question mm -hmm. for a second, and they just continue to pour more love and trust on top of that. And I'm glad to be part of that family. Well, we're, I, I, I know they feel the same way about you. I wouldn't have known you if you hadn't trusted us. So I am, I'm, I'm so thankful. And one of the things that I, I, I just find really wonderful and genuine about you is the fact that you celebrate moments. And even in one of the, one of the emails, I think I discovered in an email that you sent me was that you refer to your, um, some of those ones and, and some of the ideas and concepts as the Grindex. And so tell us a little bit more about the Grindex. I mean, the first time that you ever shifted the, the comparison of what we have to what we want and are we enjoying, are we, are we really building toward the life that we love? was in this moment where you talked about the Grindex? Well, I just, I, over three decades, I've seen a lot of indexes and benchmarks and a lot of confusion for investors that I frankly believe is missing the mark. And I one day I just wondered why isn't there, of the thousand indexes out there, why isn't there one to measure peace of mind? And a long, beautiful story short of serving <laughs> a lot of families, and I've got a few, three generations of families are watching and learning from them. So they've all got the same investments, but which ones were happiest and did the most wonderful things? Um, mm. I, I didn't want to create another product. Um, I wanted to solve a problem. And definitively knowing how much is enough when your free cash flow that is rising from dividends exceeds all of your needed expenses and wants, with an extra cushion, what I really wanted to do was see what they were going to do with that peace of mind. So we just started jotting notes and I love learning from smart people. Um, and they have been able to do and serve in some of the most wonderful ways. And I really have learned from them that the greatest deposits we could ever make in investing are in memory banks mm. of not just us, but others, which oh, will nice. outlive us. So the ultimate plan. So that's where the Grindex was born. And we like to collect and share their stories because I think it inspires people to figure out why they should want to invest. They're kind of scolded and told they need to invest and allocate, but that's not really the reason that will light somebody on fire. Yeah. And um, there was a story that you shared with me one time. I think it had to do with the, it, there was a, I think y'all are serving at a center where they were feeding people. The, the, the special needs bakery. The, the, oh, the special needs. Yes. This is the special needs bakery. And this had everything to do with one of your clients and investors, right? Well, it, he's a per perfect, beautiful example of no matter how much money and successful he was, it, it, he had a special needs son that was the source of anxiety. He wanted to solve that problem. And we're actually in church 
one day and the pastor had said, how do you know how much is enough? It's because what you have, which I think is a wonderful mm-hmm. way to live. And that is peace of mind for a lot of people. But it's also, and the, the, the note was kind of an ode to the good side of capitalism also, where everybody talks about the greed and the evil. Well, there's a really, really good reason to go want to do and make more money. Right. So we sat down and carved out a plan to what if we made so much more from hard work and savings that we could solve your biggest problem and open a business that could hire all of these special needs, incredible kids, um, instead of trying to find a job for one of them. And it was one of the most incredible tear jerkers for me to see mm-hmm. it happen. Um, that's why I like to go make a little extra money to mm-hmm. go do more good. And he was a shining example of that. I love that. I, so, I mean, nobody gets to this point because I feel like you're celebrating so many successes in your business now and in your life. And the, <laughs> the, the runway in front of you is seems feels so limitless because of the passion project that you've brought into this business and into this ETF. But if we were to roll the tape back a little bit and look into Ryan's life when you were going through building, when kids were young, when things were not as easy, what are, what are some of those moments that you just really felt you had to push through and what are some of the things that you did to make, to get to this point? I, I have said the greatest piece of investment advice, if I had to name one also addresses living advice, which you're kind of merging those two, which we do every single day, Mm -hmm. um, is to play the long game. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. If it's some hard wiring, I think optimism is wildly underrated. I think some people think it's soft or not real, but if you believe in better days and to me, the long game, I mean, I'll tell young people that we hire exactly where I lived and how I lived which was not exciting or expensive at all. When they say, what's the secret? How do you get started? And and it was humble. It was long. I knew where it would go. And and almost all of them aren't willing to do that. And some of the best and brightest, but it's, it's humility is a big deal. It wasn't hard for me for some weird reason. Um, I didn't mind starting at the very bottom. And I think the secret going forward, everybody, it's not about wishing you did something different earlier. That's the only part of this question that I want to project it for. I I still think people in the middle of their life or halftime or the third or fourth quarter, the right ones, the ones that are really on fire for what they're doing, they're still playing the long game. They're never saying, I want to just live for today. They're thinking about, and, and I, I yell every single morning on my way out the door with my little girl, let's attack this day with a relentless enthusiasm unknown to mankind and look out world. Let's go. I love that. Let's attack this day with a relentless enthusiasm unknown unknown to mankind. mankind. Gives you an unfair advantage in a lot of ways to overcome stuff. So yes, I'm going to save that. I'm going to replay that. You got to yell it, though. You got to yell it. Okay, you can't just write it down. Okay. I mean, you got to yell it because it, it's contagious. 
So and then they kind of roll their eyes at you when they get to be teen, but that's okay. They're that's still going to hear it question. and feel it. That was my next question. I know because I have two girls. You have three, and so it's like it, only two of them yell it back to me at this point. But the other three, <laughs> I know, feel it. I know they feel it. <laughs> Which two? Which two yell it back? My little ones. My mm. my 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 two youngest ones, um, and a lot of this is who you're with. I think it's the most underrated part of the investment questions: where you are who you're with, that's the most important part of any plan mm-hmm. to make it stick and work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, God, I mean, we just, I just love talking to you. This is so great. Me too. <laughs> I feel the same way about you. Thank you. It is. Because you bring that same spirit, which is very uncommon. And I, I feel like Alpha Architect attracts these types of, these types of people. And I've enjoyed the culture there so much for that reason. Um, Russ reminds me all the time, it's the long game, it's the long game, it's the long game, because I do like to sprint. <laughs> I do like to well, I have a lot of things going on at once, and I appreciate the uh, just the advice and also the challenge of, of stepping back and considering that. And, I mean, it's, with your clients, how, how do you have that conversation about the long game with them? Like, is it... Is it difficult sometimes to help them understand? Because I know with your with your business and with your ETF, the the goal is to create a systematic um, income for them. And and to me, that would be almost challenging when I can when when I see Bitcoin having you know five hundred percent returns. How do you help them stay? stay with the long-term plan. Yeah. And, and to be clear, the long game for me means a little bit different than most of our industry who uses the long game to their benefit. When they say, just hang in there, it's going to be all right. I've right. told everybody, if I ever say to just hang in there, it's going to always work out in the long term. they should fire me mm-hmm. because okay. I've seen, especially when people are at critical moments of their life where they need to be reunited with their money. Wall Street never wants that to happen. They want bigger assets to manage. I want to reunite people with their money with rising income streams. Um, and, and the long term also is intimidating. It's boring. It's not exciting. To me, the long game is believing and putting things in place with incredible, relentless optimism that things will get better. That does not mean your account or the market. I think to answer your question specifically nuts and bolts on the investment side, the reason we can have these conversations is we are not on one side of the boat or trying to figure out what will work on the short or long term. We have safe, sacred, and speculative investments, period. That covers everything. I don't need any bigger pie chart. I don't need any more studies. So when you mentioned crypto, that should go alongside beautifully boring rising dividends. I'm, we're here at this conference and with some of the smartest friends and making a couple new ones. My biggest takeaway and what I'm so excited about is the most beautifully boring real businesses with rising free cash flow that have been overlooked for a couple of decades mm. next to all these fast growing technologies. Some of them not real businesses are wildly underowned. They're in a perfect spot for the next 10 years, as is this brand new asset class with crypto. As you know, our friend who's going to launch and help solve a problem for us there, Jackson Wood, and putting those two extreme opposites of a barbell together and 
they're the most under-owned relative to everything in the middle. I couldn't be more excited about that. So to answer your question, we're never trying to guess or having to convince anybody of anything. We remain curious. And the long game, the long, beautiful game does change and evolve. So you can't have a plan and stick to it. My biggest, my I guess my second biggest piece of investment advice that has to be a part of the long game, because I think it's confused that you just have your head down and hang in there. That does not work. I believe in sell disciplines in life in investments. Do more of what's working, less of what's not. A lot of people, especially in active management and a lot in passive for sure, disagree with me on sell disciplines. I've built a career out of that. Mm -hmm. And knowing when you're wrong before you put on the position takes all of any ego, no debates, throws it all out the window, and it just sticks to math for the investors, not for yourself or your ideas. I never want to fall in love with any of my own ideas. I Okay. So you've said several things. Um, one that I heard, which is a very CrossFit term, is check your ego at the door. And... That is something that I live and die by. I feel like is also something that you embrace uh, as a as a business owner and as a, a fund manager. Like you cannot rely on your ego to carry you through. You have these disciplines. So you said that you have this uh, relentless optimism. So check your ego at the door. Relentless optimism. What else is, well, is your guide, I, it's even, are your guiding stars? It's even easier for me. I don't even bring my ego to the door to check because I've eliminated it with math. And the reason they can converge and it, if you have tight cell stops in place, they're going to seed the new ideas. So with relentless optimism, optimism to me, take a step back, start, has to start with curiosity. And some curiosity. of it to make sure we're super clear here, I, I have some of the same exact frustrations. I just want to solve them. So when one of my teenagers... And I've always said, if all parents are yelling about the same thing, it's probably the next billion dollar idea. <laughs> like, don't just tell them to turn it off. Go deep. Go mm -hmm. sit next to them. Go. Wh where is that? Peter Lynch, one of my favorite stock pickers mm -hmm. of all time, said follow. He'd follow his daughters to the mall. Well, now I'd say follow your teenagers to the couch. See what they're doing. Yeah. Talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. To the computer. And, and solve some of your frustrations by as long as. A lot of people are going to do that. Let's see if we can go make a couple of bucks right. <laughs> to hedge our, hedge our emotions. Right, <laughs> right. And now there's millions of dollars in online gaming, in online real estate, and on, my, I mean, my daughter is incredibly gifted at building out skins on, uh, it's not is it Minecraft. And I mean, she's, she's incredibly gifted. She's so talented. And has the ability to make an endless amount of money just through. And then I love because I'm a sucker of wanting to talk about this stuff. And I think the greatest investment and lessons we can give or ever provide it. We're going to got to talk to our kids at the supper table because schools aren't going to do it. So for all the game changers they're going to hear about and they're going to be shoved into thinking that they should start and end with the speculative side before they even understand or know what the safe and sacred side right. is. I always just ask them a simple question for every game changer. Can you name one game unchanged? So a business that's worked for a hundred years for reasons that we almost take for granted. Now, what was in your grandmother's pantry, just like your mother's and just like your daughter's down. <sighs> and, a great question. and for a kid, it's a fun question and you get funny answers, but I actually think 
professional portfolio managers would have just as difficult time answering that question, which is why it's so valuable, in my opinion. It's a valuable question. So for every game changer, can you name one game unchanged? And they're even harder. There are significantly fewer game unchangers that are absolute. People talk about, I think moat is actually an overused term, which might surprise you as a dividend growth manager. We don't want just for the sake wide moats can be too crowded and too mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. What we want to look at is the direction of the moat, not the size of the moat. Are, are they able to increase operating Mm -hmm. revenues. A lot of these beautifully boring old dividend stocks and most of these ETFs and funds, moats can spring a leak and they're not even generating top line growth. So what we want to look at and talk about is who has a moat, but the direction you're actually deepening or widening the moat while some of these other ones may be leaking. So sustainable growth is what I just heard there. Curiosity. I'm still going to say check your ego for there's people who they can't leave their ego behind. So we're just going to have to say check it when you get to the door and relentless optimism. What else we got? That's, four. that's a pretty good day. That's a good I mean, day. That's a pretty good that's day. A good day. That's a good day. Um, and then if we were walking out the door, what are we saying? We're going to attack each day with a relentless enthusiasm unknown to mankind and womankind. Yes. Yes, I like that addition. You know I do. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for being here with us today. I, again, the most incredible people in the world have been brought to my doorstep, I feel like, through Alpha Architect. And I would not have known them without the without Wes and Jack and Pat and Ryan and the folks at Alpha Architect just continuing to cultivate an environment where folks like you can come and build their ideas in a way that's sustainable in a way that checks the ego in a way that brings the enthusiasm and optimism into these ideas that they're doing so hey well they're lucky to have you too because ideas by themselves in a booth don't do anything you got to go collide with good luck and that's what you do and that's why i'm excited to know you i knew there was a fifth one there collide with good luck just keep going till you collide. I love it. So I was I was going for that fifth one. We found it. Now we can wrap up the podcast. So tell us, <laughs> Ryan, how people can get in touch with you because you are in Texas, correct? Houston, Texas. Where everything is bigger, right? And hotter. About to be. <laughs> about to be very hot. Tell us how people can get in touch with you without having to go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Freedomdaysolutions.com and love to, to meet and share ideas with friends on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Kruger, ROI. And I'm always hanging out with the Alpha crew. You can find me anywhere they are and mm-hmm. my trusted allies. And I'm very grateful to be partnered with you. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan.